Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Hello again. It's been a couple of weeks, and uh, whenever I miss a week, I feel like it's been forever since I've actually been back on. I don't think I've done a show since 1945, so it's good to be back. Uh, where were you last week? Well, don't worry about it. No, I was uh, I was at a bachelor party because I'm just at that age where everybody's getting married, and I've got like eight weddings this year. I wish I was kidding. I, I think legitimately eight weddings between June and the end of the year. And then all the bachelor parties and all that goes with it. It's just like, it's completely out of control. Uh, moral of the story, don't have friends. Now, yes, I am Vince Quinn back with you on CBS Sports Radio. We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So... A lot of things to get into. Um, something I want to get to. We'll, we'll do this in an hour. But man, I mean, what is we're staring at the face of a monster gambling scandal in sports, like big time, catastrophic. I mean, this guy could get absolutely toasted. We're going to get to that a little bit later. But what I want to start with, because this whole week for me. It's football, man. I I know everything else that's going on. Russell Westbrook got traded. He's a Laker, which that's pretty fun. I got to tell you, I, I know people hate it, and that hate makes me more excited about it. It's fun. Russell Westbrook with the Lakers is fun. But it's football, man. Training camp is open. Like, I don't know about you, but I'm a Philadelphia Eagles fan, right? So, couple of weeks ago, if you ask me about the team, well, you know, they got some problems and they did a lot of young players, new coach, all this different stuff. You got to see how it goes. I don't think who knows what the record's going to be. Four days of training camp and I'm already walking around being like, yeah, you know, I think they can win the division. Oh, no. We suck again. No, no, they don't. No, they don't. The last three years they have sucked. Not yet. Not, not yet. And, and Mr. Jets fan, uh, by the way, do you have like any, do you have that same kind of like camp positivity, Graceffo? Are you feeling good about this team? Uh, I did, and then they decided not to bring the quarterback in until two days late. What was that about? I don't know. They're idiots. What, that, how could they you? not work out the contract? Because that, that was the deal, right? He hadn't signed the deal yet? Yeah. How well, do you they, not work out the contract for the number two pick in the draft when Lawrence think, it was already done? They think they're smarter than everyone else, but you know they haven't proven that because they haven't made the playoffs in a decade. But again, they think they're smarter than everyone else. Maybe, maybe they are. Oh, if you're, this is our guy. This is the guy we love. We fell in love with him. But if he's bad in three years, we don't want to give him all the money. Yeah. So that's good. <laughs> so, so it's either or. It can't be both. Like you're, you're either in love with the guy, or he's gonna be bad in three years. Like, yeah. Like you're trying to get the downside of this. <laughs> they just they're idiots. What do you want from me? It's it's so funny, man. Because yeah, like this is the start of all right. This is your guy. You got all these big offers, and this is the franchise now. You can't bring him in and like start camp properly. 
<laughs> it is so Jets. But you're I, a loser. I love all of this. I do. Hey, hey, that's a Jets problem, not me. Not but you. Yes, good. So uh, I never know with you. Sometimes I feel like it's me. But oh God. <laughs> But I I love this time of year because it's just it's overflowing positivity everywhere. Just everybody is swimming in like because here's the thing that, that's really great about it is you look at the last season and all you do is you build on the positives. You're like, wow, the secondary was good. They're going to be so much better this year or they're going to be just as good as they were last year. And, oh, the quarterback was really solid. He could be a pro bowler again this year, whatever that means, but he could be a pro bowler again. Like you never think, well, you know, uh, linebackers are due to regress this year and uh, odds are our running back's going to get injured. And you know what I mean? It's just nothing but raw positivity. I enjoy that, though. It is fun. It is interesting. And, like, to get at this point where you're kind of getting familiar with all these new teams and all the stuff that goes into it. Like, thinking about this, right? The Colts are going into the season. The Colts are one of the most interesting teams. Top five most interesting to me. And that goes with the idea that they traded for Carson Wentz. And then, you know, it's like two days into camp. His foot's busted. And uh, who knows what happens with that? It's fun. It, like, it's just, and for that guy, he's had such an injury history. There's just so many things about it that you, you just shake your head and you go like, oh my God, what a, what a mess that is for the Colts. But that's what football is. And, and again, just getting acclimated to all of this again. I've been waiting, honestly, like even when the NBA finals were going on, I got to be totally honest with you. When the NBA finals were going on and they were fun, like, don't get me wrong, but there were some points where I'm sitting there and I'm like, you know, just get me to football already. Like, I'm just ready. Just give me football, training camp, preseason. I don't care what it is. I want guys in pads hitting each other. I want all the storylines. I printed out, here, here's how desperate I've been for football. I've got a fantasy cheat sheet out in front of me. I don't have a draft. Like, there's there's no draft going on in the next couple of days for me. I just wanted to give it a look. I just wanted to look around and be like, oh, who's the 15th running back this year? Well, according to this sheet, uh, DeAndre Swift. There you go. Was that a new report or an old report? Well, uh, that's a good question. I'm not sure how updated this list is, but I would figure it's a new report. So that's that's a new report. But there's so many different familiar faces and and new faces on new teams, and I just I, I love this time of year. So I'm I'm as giddy as can be for all of this. And obviously, it's been quite a week for football. It's been quite a week, and that really all starts and ends with Aaron Rodgers, who. He comes back to the team. He's like big smiles, goofy t-shirt, having a great time. Then he has that press conference, which you've probably seen or heard at this point, where he just railed on the organization for like five minutes. He's just laying it down. He's like, yeah, they got all these great veterans that they didn't take care of. They treated them like dirt on the way out. Nobody was happy about that. By the way, let me name every single guy. <laughs> he was... I don't know. You're frustrated? We're not sure. Keep like, your freaking mouth shut. <laughs> I enjoyed it. I thought it was great. I thought it was it was super fun to just see him because he he thought about it. You know, he obviously he's been stewing in this the whole time, and he's had little comments here and there throughout the off season. And it, this thing's been floating around for so long. So there he is. He's at the podium. They're like, Siren, what, what was this whole thing about? And he's like, Well, let me tell you. <laughs> he just. He laid all of it out there, man. And for him, it brings up this whole thing about quarterback control, right? 
Because that's what all of this is. He's talking about the guys they cut. He's talking about the guys they didn't draft, guys that he's worked out with, that he wants to vouch for, talking about the locker room and the chemistry of all these different players, receivers that he likes, all that stuff. I mean, that's that's what all of it was. It is Aaron Rodgers, reigning MVP of the league, one of the greatest quarterbacks that's ever lived, demanding more control. That's what all of this has been. He's wanted more control. They haven't given him that, and now he wants out of town. I mean, the negotiation from all of this was, because yeah, this is something that me and Graceffo were talking about before the show. Also, hi, Graceffo. Um, hi, Vince. How are you? There you go. We got to get it in, even though we've already spoken. Uh, <laughs> formalities, baby. So, Rodgers, for him, he's, he's talking about all this stuff with all these different players, and yeah, there's all these reports. Like, what, what came out of it? What did he get? And all that happened from all of this was they basically just took a year off of his contract and they're not fining him. So that's it. He's still, if they, if they're playing hardball and this could get really messy, but if they're playing hardball next year, he's still under contract with the green Bay Packers. So strange spot to be. Now it also means the Packers can trade him, but it's not like he is a lame duck right now, which I kind of hate that term, but it's not like he's a guaranteed free agent after this season. That is not what happened. So through all of this fussing, all of this arguing, all the reporting and speculating and things that we've done, he's got one year off his contract. He's got one more year after this, theoretically, as a Packer. And this all happened because of control. He wants more say. He wants more involvement. Now, does Aaron Rodgers deserve that? How many quarterbacks deserve that? You know, you look around the league. I saw something earlier this week that in Arizona, Kyler Murray, they talk to him. They ask him his opinion on things. They ask him his opinion on players. He's got say, and you go, okay. I mean, like Kyler Murray's pretty good. He's pretty good. I'm not, not trying to bash Kyler Murray. He's a pretty good player. Number one overall pick. He's been in the league for what? Two years, three years now. So, He's the kind of guy that's going, okay, yeah, well, we're going to hand it over to him. Well, if you're doing that for Kyler Murray, who, I mean, has he even made the playoffs yet? Like, if you're doing that for Kyler Murray, and you're Aaron Rodgers, and you're seeing that kind of thing with Kyler Murray, wouldn't you lose your mind? Like, I'm just saying if you were Aaron Rodgers, because if I were Aaron Rodgers, and I'm seeing that, I'd, I'd be losing it. I'd be beside myself. Because Aaron Rodgers in his career, what he's accomplished, as talented as Kyler Murray is, it's not comparable, right? So does a guy like that deserve control? What kind of guys deserve control? And that's that's an important thing too, right? Because just being a good quarterback, when I'm, when I'm thinking about quarterback control and who deserves it and who doesn't, being a great quarterback is one thing. Having talent is one thing. The ability to play football at a high level is one thing. Doesn't mean you have any ability to run a team. And we've seen that with great players many times. You don't have the ability to run a team. Michael Jordan is the is the ultimate example. It's to plenty of people the greatest basketball player that has ever lived. How are the Hornets, Bobcats, all that stuff? Like what what is the team? What are they? So it happens, right? Like, being a good player doesn't in itself mean that you get control, that you're worth control. But is Aaron Rodgers worth it? 
and for him, as much as, because for me, I disagreed with some of the arguments that he made. Some of the arguments, I don't even know what to make of, right? Like, think about this, okay? Aaron Rodgers, he lists all these different guys. And he's like, all right, Julius Peppers. I think he said uh, Clay Matthews. He was talking about, like, I don't know, like eight different people. Charles Woodson, he named all these different guys and how the team let him go. And for him, he was basically saying the team screwed up by letting these guys go. Didn't treat them right, let them go out the door, mistake by the Packers. It's hard to judge that. I don't know what the roster was at the time. Like, did they have a young guy they just drafted? Are they are they building something? Does it make sense for them? Is the guy asking for too much? I mean, you're talking about professional football players, the biggest egos you can find, successful, great players. So they've got some leverage. They're trying to use whatever leverage they got. You want to ask for cash. You want to ask for as much as you can. So sometimes those deals don't work. Also, compensatory picks exist. You let a good player go. He signs a contract somewhere. He signs a three-year deal, $12 million a year. Great for him. Wonderful. Well, now I get a third-round pick back. That's good business. Would you rather have a third-round pick on a cheap deal than maybe have that guy on your team for the next 15 years? Or have an older veteran guy for two and maybe he's good for one of them, maybe not. Like, there's there's a lot of messy stuff that goes into that. So, for Rodgers and the, the arguments that he was making, hits and misses, hits and misses. One of his arguments being, you know, guys like Jordy Nelson, they let him go. He wasn't as good in Oakland. He would have been better with me, is what he said. He's like, guys around the league, you saw them go to other places. They are better with me. Anybody's better with him. He's Aaron Rodgers. He's Aaron Rodgers. Everybody is better with him, right? They're all, who isn't, if you're not better with Aaron Rodgers, you're not good. You're just, you're not worthy of being an NFL player. You shouldn't exist in the league, right? He's one of the best to ever do it. So it's like, he's got, he's got some points. He doesn't have points at other times. And and as, as kind of awkward as the argument is, the whole presentation of it, I'd still give him some level of control, right? He's He deserves a, a voice. He deserves a conversation. You, you want to check in with the guy. If he has been in that locker room and seen the coaching changes, and, you know, let's be real, there was all this reporting of friction between him and Mike McCarthy, and that was going over for a couple of years. They weren't getting along. You saw the Packers kind of stagnating. They got rid of Mike McCarthy. Rodgers was right. He was right about Mike McCarthy. A hundred percent undisputed right. Look at Dallas. You know, all these, the number of people that I've heard in the last couple of weeks. Oh, Vince, let me tell you the Dallas Cowboys. I'm like, listen, Mike McCarthy, end of story. Like that team isn't winning anything. You know, eight games, nine games. Good for them with all that talent. It's a failure, right? Like he's just not a great coach. So Aaron Rodgers nailed that. There are things that he gets right. He understands things enough that he deserves a seat at the table. And and it's not just Aaron Rodgers. It's just trying to figure out the guys in general that deserve the opportunity to have that kind of control. Vince, quarterback shouldn't have control. You got to shut up and play the game. That's how it's been. You just got to shut up. You're not an executive. These guys just need to deal, right? I mean, that is how it used to be, but... They also used to, I don't know, these guys used to, the number one pick in the draft, I believe the first guy that was ever drafted, number one pick in the draft, he didn't play in the NFL. 
Why? Because you can make more money doing other stuff. I mean, guys would like paint houses instead of playing in the NFL. Then the game changed. And over the years, the game always changes, right? Like, I saw a game last year where 49ers were playing. And they're, they're, they're pre, previewing the game. It's like, all right, 49ers are on Monday night. I'm watching Sunday night football. And like, all right, well, coming up on Monday, you got Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs versus Nick Mullins and the San Francisco 49ers. It's like, all right, you can't pick on the 49ers roster any other player on the team that is more marketable to the American public than Nick Mullins. That's the guy. He's the quarterback, right? Like, quarterbacks are valuable people. You market them. They make the big money for a reason. They are the heart of the offense on a lot of good teams. You let them control what the offense is. They have say in that. You allow enough quarterbacks when they're great to just make adjustments at the line as they please. They don't have to worry about it. They don't have to check with anybody. They just know everything. You know they know everything, and you let them cook. So doesn't a guy like that deserve some say? If you're going to let him run your offense, shouldn't he have some say? I'm like, yeah, by the way, if you trust that guy, if you know that guy, hey, you know, this guy in the locker room, he's this or that. I like this guy, even though you might not see the stats. I believe in what he's doing. Give him more time. Like, certain quarterbacks deserve say. Aaron Rodgers is one of those guys. But it's not for everybody. And that's the thing with me. I It's not every quarterback. Like, it shouldn't get to a point where every quarterback has, say, just by virtue of being a quarterback. Look at, I don't know, Ryan Tannehill, for example. Ryan Tannehill, uh, Madden ratings came out this week. I want to get into more of that later. They, they've been dropping a lot of the Madden rankings. Ryan Tannehill was listed as one of the 10 best quarterbacks in the NFL. Top 10. Fantasy sheet I've got in front of me. Cheat sheet. He's listed at 10. Should Ryan Tannehill, 10th best quarterback in the NFL by multiple estimations and projections, should he have say over a roster? No. Like, I'm not letting Ryan Tannehill make executive decisions, right? He just, he, he's not on that level. But Rodgers deserves it, right? If I was looking at Josh Allen and the kind of year that he had, and the fact that he's been there and they've built the team around him, like, he deserves it, I would give Lamar Jackson some look and some say. But not everybody. Rodgers is one of the few guys that deserves it. Him, Russell Wilson, Mahomes, Brady. Like, there are certain guys that you can trust to do those things. And he's one of the few. Is that wrong? Is that asking too much? Is that being a baby? Like, I don't think so. For the value you bring to the team, both off the field with all the money in everybody's pockets, your value to the offense, if you have longevity, you have stability, you've got MVPs or conference championships or Super Bowls or whatever it is, Pro Bowls, like those things pile up enough where, yeah, you deserve a seat at the table because you're just as valuable, if not more valuable than an executive that's been in the league for, I don't know, two years in that job. Who are you? So... 855-212-4227. That's how you can join the show. 855-212-4227. Who is that voice? He sounds familiar. I haven't heard him in like 14 years. Yeah, I know. I took last week off. It was weird. I'm back. It's Vince. Hello again. So hop on the show. You can also join in on Twitter at It's Vince Quinn, and that's all one word. It's Vince Quinn. So let's talk about quarterback control, and we'll talk more about the guy who has the best, single best job in the NFL now, that is on the other side. 
Keep it right here. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. And I look good in a schoolgirl outfit. Now, anyway, um, it's a weird way to come back. Uh, let's, let's talk about the NBA draft for a second. I just I thought it was so funny. You see it every year that the pick tipping just gets out of control, right? Because you got the two main guys. You got Woj. You got Shams. These guys are just constantly tweeting. I mean, it gets to like like three hours before the draft right and you see the tweet it's Woj it's like all right well the Detroit Pistons have decided that they're going to take Cade Cunningham by the way tune in for the draft at eight it's like why am I going to tune in for the draft at eight when you already told me the first pick in the draft you know what I mean like what am I what is there to tune in for what is what is the drama of the moment the kid knows everybody knows like it just it takes something off it got to the point where I didn't even watch it this year. Normally, I'll, I'll sit around and I'll watch the draft and, you, you know, you look for all the different moves and there was some stuff that happened. But when you just see every pick get tipped like two picks in advance and then it, it all the gamesmanship around it of like, well, this team has this guy. They're excited that he's at the top of the board and available at seven. <laughs> just say they're picking him, man. Just say they're picking him. Now, I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. If you want to get in, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. And we've been talking about a lot with uh, personnel control in the NFL. Certain quarterbacks deserve it. Certain quarterbacks don't. Like, just being good at the position does not mean you deserve say on things. Because having a feel for people and relationships And all the balance of running a team. That is a whole different element of things. Being a player is one thing. Being an executive is another. Now, is Rodgers the kind of guy that could handle both? As far as quarterbacks go, yes. Absolutely. I think he's one of those guys that deserves the seat at the table. So, for him to be as angry as he's been about this, he's got a pretty good case. He's got a pretty good case. So... For him to come back and lay everything down the way that he did. I mean, first off, entertaining. Just just the raw joy of like, wow, man, he's really laying into him. I had a friend of mine. He was like, you know, the next time I go into a meeting with my boss and I'm asking for a raise, I'm going to watch this clip. Like, I'm just going to get myself fired up like this. And here's where you screwed up. You screwed up on this guy. You fired this guy. You promoted that guy. Uh, by the way, give me 10000 extra dollars. <laughs> like, it's awesome. So uh, we we're talking about that to start. We got Mike in Arizona here. What's up, Mike? Hey, first time listener, first time caller. Hey, I wanted to say other than Rogers, I got three others that can have that same um, input and GM like, uh, you know, making decisions. And I would say Brady, I would say Mahomes, and I would say Wilson. Other than that, um, I don't see anybody that's, been tenured long enough or good enough. So those are the three that I have to say. Okay. I also want to let so, you guys know yeah. that um, 
The Arizona Rattlers won tonight in the indoor football league. They go to nine and two. We've been dying for that news. That's good. Another championship. All right. Well, there you go. As we've all been dying for that. Good. I'm a big Rattlers guy. I'm a Yotes guy. The Arizona. The the Yotes are my team. Big Yotes guy and uh, and big Rattlers guy. Nobody cares. So there you go. <laughs> and now that we've solved that issue, um, let's talk about Nick Chubb for a second. Because Nick Chubb got a new deal from the Cleveland Browns, which running back that got three years, $36 million. It was like, whoa, all right, good for Nick Chubb because that really doesn't happen all that much anymore. You know, you look at all these different running backs. Cash, and, yeah, good for him. And you know what? Here's the thing, too. That guy deserves it. Like, a lot of running backs, they'll get a contract, and it's a bit of like, Ooh, you know, like, uh, I mean, I, I get why they did it, but I still I don't exactly feel good about it. You know, it's like, that's a four-year deal. Even if two of those years are fake, it's a lot of money. Like, I don't know. So I, I don't love those kinds of deals. But you know what? I saw Nick Chubb, three years, $36 million. I was like, yep, pay that man. Pay that man. I got to tell you, he is one of my favorite players to watch in the league. When you get a good Nick Chubb game, when he is just rolling people over, they're just giving him the ball again and again and again and again and again. He's just punishing people. That guy is fun to watch. If you've never seen Nick Chubb or or gotten an extended look, I would guarantee you any YouTube highlight package that you find is going to be worth the watch. Like he's got because it's not just the straight line stuff. He's got enough agility to go with that. His ability to break weak tackles, arm tackles, all that kind of stuff. It's just like, it's just fun. It's fun to watch a guy like that. Derrick Henry, right? I mean, we, we live in this age where the expectation is that all these people are versatile. And that's every sport. Every sport is moving towards versatility. How many positions can you play? Positionless basketball, right? Now you've got wide receivers that move around all over the formation. You've got safeties that play linebacker a little bit. Defensive ends that play defensive tackle. Like you see this uh, just everywhere. That's where everything's driving. But you know what? You see a guy that generally they just run straight. They knock people over and they're very good at that. They're just strong, powerful, quick enough running backs. That is exciting. Like, that is good television. I enjoy sitting down and watching Derrick Henry. I enjoy sitting down and watching a guy like Nick Chubb. And for him to get a deal that takes him up to 29 years old, you know what? Doesn't really feel like a risk to me. After that, I mean, yeah, you're certainly taking a risk for that kind of running back at that age. But for now, to give a guy like Nick Chubb that kind of deal is like, you know what? He's one of the few guys in the league that I really feel good about giving that type of contract. No hesitation. Totally good with me. Good for him. Good for Cleveland. Great job. So let's go to the phones, talk to uh, Chris in Dallas. What's up, Chris? Yeah, um, I was calling because um, he was talking about how Dak sucked, or he said Aaron Rodgers said Dak sucked. So I looked at the stats just a second ago. Dak has only been in the league for five years. Dak has almost got half of the yards that Aaron Rodgers got. And had he not hurt himself, he would have been almost right under half. Also, Dak only had Randall, Randall Cobb for one year. He, he, did, he gave him almost 900 yards. And Aaron Rodgers' first year was below 400 yards for Randall Cobb. So who's actually better? 
at a quarterback position, Aaron Rodgers or Dak Prescott. And Aaron, Aaron Rodgers Dak is any day. If you're taking Dak Prescott over Aaron Rodgers, you're out of your mind. I'm sorry, and I, and you're I'm out of your out mind. Of my mind. Because at the end of the day, y'all, if if we went back to that playoff game, and I've been arguing this for years, go back to that freaking playoff game. That one playoff it was a game. Clear hold, right there in front of the referee's face, and they allowed that pass to go. You okay, but they lost the game. We would have been we would have been freaking in Super Bowl champions that year had they not cheated us. If that one so, game they, they lost, look, Aaron Rodgers has won a Super Bowl. He's been an MVP multiple times. He is a bona fide, legitimate, unquestioned Hall of Famer, one of the best talents to ever play the position. He's better than Dak Prescott, man. He just is. He has seventeen years on Dak. It's not about the years. It's not about the totals. It's just Rodgers last year was better than Dak Prescott has ever been in his life and probably will be better last year alone than Dak Prescott ever is. What's that? Dak broke his ankle last year. That's not even an argument. No, you're not understanding my argument. My argument is that what Rodgers did last year as an MVP at, what, 38 years old, Dak Prescott will never have a season that good in his life. Like, that Aaron Rodgers yeah. is one of the best to ever play, and Dak Prescott is very good, but he's not on that level. He's just not. Okay, before I, before I let you go, before you let me go and cut me off, has Dak... Since he stepped into the league, not even being compared to Tom Brady. All right. Well, there you go. Yeah, I'm sorry. He said, don't cut me off, but I can't hear it. I can't I can't sit here and have someone tell me that Dak Prescott is a better quarterback, period, than Aaron Rodgers. Well, That's again, insane. Again, based on what Aaron said at the press conference, Dak Prescott and Deshaun Watson are terrible because only Randall Cobb can play with him. You're, you're fishing a little bit and on And Derek that. Carr is terrible because Jordy Nelson can't play with him. And that's what he was talking about more. And, yeah, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, it's, you know. Well, by default, that's what he's saying. To some degree, but it's I think you're putting you're stretching it a little too far for my life. Okay. You're stretching uh, it a little too far. I, I, we're talking the English language, aren't we? We are, which can obviously be interpreted in all sorts of fun ways. Um, <laughs> so... Yeah, Um, without saying too much, we got plenty to talk about still. So let's do this. There is a ridiculously monstrous gambling scandal, and we will talk about that next. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. Listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, hour two of the show, right here on CBS Sports Radio. I'm Vince Quinn here, and I want to get to. I mean, this is this is going to be a big deal. We're we're looking at something that, and let's be real, it's it's sports, it's sports radio, sports talk, the way it all works. Hockey is not king, you know. It takes it takes a lot for a hockey story to be like the story, but. There's something going on in hockey right now, which if you have not seen this yet, it is going to be everywhere, and it's going to be everywhere very soon. Now, I want to get to that in just a moment, but first, 
Let's talk about Sebi Zavala. Who is Sebi Zavala? Well, he's a catcher for the White Sox. He's 27 years old. He was playing his 18th game of his major league career, and this happened. Sebi pokes one into right. Back, track, wall. A three-homer game for Sebi Zavala. His first career homer in the third, a grand slam in the fourth, and his third career home run. So that's the call from White Sox Radio, which is a call of the most preposterous thing I've ever heard in my life. Like, baseball has all sorts of ridiculous things that happen. Randy Johnson threw a fastball and exploded a bird into dust. Okay? Like, there are crazy things that happen in baseball. This guy, okay, (laughs) this guy shows up in a major league game, hits his first ever home run. Three innings later, he follows it up with a grand slam. His second home run ever is a grand slam. It's in the same game. He then hits his third career home run, and it's his third home run in the same game. What? What? What is that? That's unbelievable. Like, that is that is one of the craziest things. And, That's and absolutely ludicrous. It is. And here's how ludicrous it is. Because this is ludicrous. Vince, crazy things in baseball happen all the time. Like That's I, I, absolutely ludicrous. Someone must have done this before. No. Nobody in the history of Major League Baseball. Going back to guys named, like, Zippy McZapperson in 1905. You know, nobody has ever hit their first Three home runs in the same game, and this guy had a grand slam. Isn't that amazing? That's beyond amazing. I mean, it's it's unfathomable. Like, you just you can't make this up, really. Like the fact that the baseball algorithm machine with the billions of things that have happened, I bet there's like there's probably been a player that's been literally struck by lightning on the field. You know what I mean? Like, everything's happened in baseball. It just it doesn't seem possible. This guy hit his first three home runs ever in the same game. It's just like... So you're telling me there's a chance. Oh, well, it didn't seem like there was. It I, I would have told you there was no chance. There was There's just no possibility, you know? Unless it was like... Oh, well, this guy is going to be the greatest home run hitter that's ever lived, which I can't imagine. He's a 27-year-old catcher. Like, that's just not what it is. But Sebi Zavala, who is now in the record books for having one of the most amazing games that you could ever possibly have. I mean, that is just absolutely insane. Now, here's the other thing, too, because I got to... I got to devil check my information on this, but let's, let's, uh, let's go through the scores. <laughs> I believe there's another layer to this whole contest. Yep. They lost the game. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> they had three home runs. The guy hit three home runs, including a grand slam. They lost 12 to 11. Doesn't get any better than that. <laughs> like, that's, that's the strangest feeling after the game to be like, yeah, dude, that was amazing. I mean, we lost. 
But that, that was amazing. We want to end on a high note. <laughs> you'd think. You'd think. I mean, like, what is that press conference like? What do you say? What What is the feeling? When, like, you just had the greatest. That could very easily be the best game of that man's life. I mean, think about it. He might never in his career have a day better than this. Three home runs in one game. How many players have never done that? Never. Three home runs. They're his first three. There's a grand slam. But they lose. Like, how happy are you allowed to be? I I don't know. (laughs) How much does that take off of the happiness? Would it be weird if he's like... You know, uh, in movies, you'll see people, like, run down the hallway and jump and, like, click their heels in the air. Like, is he allowed to do that? Did did they cover him in Gatorade after the game? Like, what do you, what do, you do in a situation like that? You can't give him the whipped cream pie, can you? Can you whipped cream pie a guy when you lost? Like, I just, I don't know how that works. But this guy got three home runs. They lost 12 to 11. That is absurd oh it's one of the funniest things i mean it's just it's really it's it's incredible it's absolutely amazing (laughs) what a story so by the way we are coming to you live from the rocket mortgage studios need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family rocket can so i'm vince quinn with you here (laughs) i just i'm giggling uncontrollably (laughs) and um Let's let's change. Oh, you know what? I, I want to get to the the big gambling story in just a second. We've had uh, we've had Will who's been hanging. Hello, Will. Hello. How are you? I'm doing good. What's going on? Uh, so uh, I, w- I wanted to call and because I was listening to the guy from I think it was South Carolina or North Carolina, and he was arguing with y'all about Aaron Rodgers and and all that. And uh, the guy was getting mad, saying that defense carried the team in 2019 to the NFC championship. And those that's absolutely false to me. That was ignorance. Okay. Why, why is that? Cause you, you're now poking the bear. That is James Graceffo. Why is that ignorance? Because the defense was ranked 13th. Aaron Rodgers goes 26 and three or 26 and four. Yes. He didn't have an Aaron Rodgers year, but yet he had a running back. That was in the top of the league, not not the number one, but he was in the top of the league. That went off, and they 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 won tight games. It wasn't like they okay, but they're out. tight games, right? It's defense. It was running and, the and ball. Was, it's ball control. Like they were a ball control team Rogers, that year. And they, you have to respect them. And, and the fact that the matter is, is that year, Aaron Rodgers just done lost all of his guys, all of his receivers. He has okay, yet, so he didn't have talent, so the offense wasn't as good as it could be, right? It's because of the office, the front office. It's because of the general manager. Well, yeah, it's the offense, though. You said it like the offense wasn't good enough, you know? Like, it wasn't good enough, and then they changed the next but year. They got better the next it year. It was good enough because they go 13 and 30. It was good enough. It they, didn't feel won, like it, it, it they, didn't they feel like that kind of thirteen and three because it's not how the Packers normally did business because it wasn't Aaron Rodgers slicing and dicing everybody. It was Aaron Rodgers being pretty good and the running game Rodgers being great and the defense doing their job. It was it was, every, it was a team effort. Receiver. How about this, Will? I, here's what I want to do, Will, because you're you're calling from Texas, right? Yes. Let me ask you this, because I we also had. Did Dak you hear the trash. the other caller from Texas that was saying Dak Prescott is better than Aaron Rodgers? Dak is trash. Dak uh, is there we go. Fringe. 
Dak is a French top ten, if that. To me, I got 12 guys ahead of him. Okay, so there we go. And, Will, I appreciate it. There we go. Will redeems himself on the back end of that. There's a little strong against Dak. Now now I'm like, wait, now he's too negative against Dak Prescott. Like, we're on a wild ride so far. This has been a weird show to start. I, get, I told this to you in the break. God forbid you even, uh, like, insist or infer that the Packers were within their rights after 2019 to maybe think about moving on from this guy who they were gonna be? Who was gonna be around until he was thirty nine, forty years old? I mean, God forbid they even think about it. Yeah, at that point, it made like I understood again, the idea of taking. He made my point for me. He didn't have a great Aaron Rodgers year, so they were well within their rights to think about moving on, especially when everyone forgets that they could have gotten out of the contract without owing him any money after two years of Jordan Love being there. Yeah, and that's that's really the big issue for me. Like, the whole problem with all of this is the Packers drafted Jordan Love. They drafted a, be- a replacement quarterback one year too early. That was my problem. If they did it for the last year of Rodgers' deal effectively, that makes sense. You draft him, Rodgers is there for the year. You cut Rodgers after that. You trade him, whatever, and then Love comes in. But when you do it when Rodgers is locked in contractually with all the guarantees for two years... You made a mistake. Like, that's a lot of time for that to cook. You're wasting the rookie contract for two years. It's it's just not, like, as far as the NFL goes, it's not smart team building. It's not smart business. So that's well, that's my gripe. But that's the guy that they that's the guy they wanted. So they, they made up their minds that that was the guy they wanted, and they decided to trade up for him to that effect. So you want to call it not smart team building, I call it they were being aggressive and getting the guy they wanted. Yeah, well, I, I hope it pans out. Obviously, uh, the returns are not great. No. If he were ready, if, let me ask you this question. Yeah. If he were re- if Love was ready to play this year, do you think Aaron Rodgers has that press conference where he airs all his grievances, or is he wearing a different uniform? He's gone. Yeah, he's gone. He's yeah. gone. So, Aaron Rodgers coming off an MVP year doesn't get to air his grievances and embarrass everyone the way he did. No, he, and he he trashed them. So he owes Jordan Love for not being ready to play so that he could air his grievances and throw everybody under the bus and say, I'm the best and everyone else here is not trying to win and everyone else here stinks. Well, yeah, it's, it's his front office, you know, it, their decision comes back and, and bites them. But I want to I get on to this other thing because this is, this is crazy. We, we'll, we'll keep talking about Rodgers. People seem to be interested in calling in so we can keep talking about it. But... This story, okay, here's what's going on in the NHL right now that is just, this is everything. This is everything. This affects everybody. This affects every sport. This is a big deal. So, Evander Kane of the San Jose Sharks was accused by, of all people, his wife on an Instagram post of betting on his own games and throwing his own games. Okay? This could be the story of the year, sports-wise. Like, think of the era that we are in now. Okay? Because everything is sponsored by gambling. It just is. There's too much money in sports betting. I mean, for me, like... All right, so you might have seen this yourself. A casino being built... By the stadiums. A casino being built in the stadium. Places to bet. 
Because sports betting's everywhere. Because you can make a lot of money off of it. Because duh, right? So all these leagues go in. They're in on sports betting. But now that they've done that, you have to have a clean product. Because when you don't, when the legitimacy is in question, you don't have anything. You don't have anything. The whole product is tainted. If people don't trust your games and the legitimate outcomes, if people are going to bet money with the fear that a player is going to decide to throw the game, everything is in absolute chaos. The partnerships between the leagues and the casinos, right? You just can't have it. There's too much at stake. And to have the accusation in itself lobbied against Evander Kane, that he was throwing games intentionally to make money on bets that he placed for his benefit, for that to be the accusation is dangerous stuff. Dangerous. Because as this era has changed, we haven't had a case like this. Closest thing we had, this is and, and it was in the NHL. You had a referee that talked about a makeup call, and it accidentally went on the microphone, accidentally got broadcasted, and they fired that guy immediately. Been a ref for a long time. Makeup calls. Everybody knows about him. Everybody talks about him. Nobody blinks an eye. It just is part of the game. He talked about a commonplace rule. Unofficial, yes, but commonplace rule. Got picked up by accident, lost his job. Last year on the job was going to retire. All the benefits that come with that fired. So what happens when a player is being accused of throwing games for his own benefit, throwing and betting on his own games? If this is true and whatever the investigation is along the way, there's going to be hell to pay because This is the first one. You know what I mean? Like, this means everything for all of the casinos and the power and influence and money that they've got. For all of these different leagues and the partnerships and money and influence that they've got. If you got a guy, I don't care what league he's in. If there is even the slightest chance that that guy is throwing games, you got to bring down the hammer. You got to use everything in your power to make an example because you can't have anybody else even consider the idea. It has to be so horrific, so devastating that you just don't even think about it. Oh, well, yeah, I, I mean, if I, if I threw a game, I could win, I don't know, I could make myself $50 million. That easy. Yeah, sure, I'm a fourth-line defenseman. You know, I, I get in maybe if somebody's injured. But hey, if I get in and I give up a goal or two, well, here we go. Somebody got injured. I'm going to play in the next game. All right, well, here we go. Let's make that money. If you have that kind of thing happen, you can't even consider it. Oh, it's, it's not even worth I know I can make $50 million, but God, if they find out, what's going to happen to me? How long am I in, in jail for? I'm out of the league. I mean, right? Like, you're talking about banishment just outright. It's not a suspension. It's not a commissioner's investigation. And let's take our time. And oh, maybe he'll miss a couple of games and we'll bring him back. Or it's a it's a small ban. He'll be gone for a year or two. We've seen that in some of these other leagues. Baseball and the cheating scandals. Guys gone for small stretches of time. If you have a guy 
that is betting on games like this and throwing games like this, he is done. Done as done is done. Jail time to the fullest degree. Every charge they can possibly lobby. If he jaywalked in 1955, they would find out about it. They would press him on it to the full extent of the law. I mean, you're going to put everything on him. Because you can't have other players think about this. I mean, this is the worst case scenario. And it's coming out this quickly. I mean, how long has gambling been officially partnered with any of these leagues? What, two years? It really hasn't been that long. Two years. So now you're going to have this case. You're going to have everything that goes with it and all the implications of what it means for all of these other leagues. I mean, this is huge. Frankly, whether whether it gets coverage or not, you know, like, because, hey, I, I can tell you it's the biggest story in the world, but at the end of the day, I'm the weekend overnight guy. I'm not exactly setting the tone for the globe here as much as, <laughs> as, much as I believe it. <laughs> like, it's just, it is what it is, but... This story is everything, everything. And for those accusations to come out from Evander Kane's wife, for him to have a history where he had debts that he owed to a casino just a couple of years ago, there's enough here for you to go, oh, like this, this is something. And it could be everything very soon. So what a story. What a thing to keep an eye on. So 855-212-4227, that's how you join the show. And what do you do? I mean, what do you do if this is true? What do you do? How should the leagues handle it? What is the appropriate punishment, you know? Can you bring someone back? Like, I, I can't see anything other than a lifetime ban. It's really that simple. It's that obvious. It's It's not even a conversation. But you tell me. 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn with you here on CBS Sports Radio. You can always get in on Twitter. Uh, I try to get back to people as best I can. And you can hit me up at It's Vince Quinn. So that's one word. It's Vince Quinn. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. So there was a magical trashing that happened this week with Team USA. It was not on the court, okay? Here's what happened. Kevin Love was on the Team USA roster. And it was one of those things where, I mean, we even talked about it here on the show when that happened. It was like, wait, Kevin Love? Like, really? I didn't, I didn't quite expect that, but... Okay, like maybe Kevin Love has something left. Who who knows what he's got going on? He he's been a weird player for the last couple of years. He's been in Cleveland. He's been miserable there because the team stinks. He came over to Cleveland because remember when Kevin Love became a Cleveland Cavalier, 
he was the third piece for a championship-winning team, right? You're talking about the big three, Kevin Love, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James. Like, that was the group to go and win a title. And then they do, and LeBron leaves, and Kyrie leaves. And there's Kevin Love with a god-awful team around him. And no end in sight. Oh, boy. Injuries. Oh, boy. So it's it's been a tough go for the guy. And they put him on the Team USA roster. And he's at like, he's like 32, 33, somewhere in that range. So Kevin Love, after a little bit of time with Team USA, leaves the team. And they asked Jerry Colangelo about it, who runs USA basketball. Listen to this. Quote, I didn't think Kevin Love was going to play. I wasn't even sure he had much left to play. He reached out to us and said he was in shape and said he felt he owed us. And on the basis of that, we're looking at someone with international experience who at one time was a heck of a rebounder, at one time, by the way, was a heck of a rebounder and could still shoot the ball. You know, being like a 12th man on a roster. Well, it didn't work out. He wasn't in shape and he was way behind as it turned out. So you move on. Call it a mistake. Call it giving someone an opportunity. Someone who had equity with us. Guys who play for us get a little plus. He just well, roasted. Yeah, he trashed him, man. He absolutely trashed Kevin Love. There. Well, Vince, that was also on the heels of Jalen Rose basically saying, uh, Kevin Love's only on the team because he's white. <laughs> Nobody remembers that story. That story's gotten nice and buried now. Uh, Yeah, that, that didn't even become a big thing, I feel like, when he said it. I feel like everyone's just like, what? And then everybody moved on. But well, I think uh, Jalen had to apologize. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, it's and a- then like I'm sure Kevin Love, after hearing that, was basically like, "I don't want to be here." <laughs> so maybe, I don't think maybe that, that played drove- a factor. I can't imagine. I can't imagine that got him to go home. It's just I, who knows what actually sent him home. But well, you're talking about a guy who's been very uh, forthcoming with his uh, mental health issues. So a guy comes out and says, hey, you're basically a token player on the team. Uh, you don't think it affected him at all? I don't, to the point that he he packed up and went home? I mean, the guys, you hear a lot as a professional athlete, you know, the, the number of negative things, nasty things, inaccurate things that people say about you. I mean, hell, like for me in this job, as as odd as this might sound, People, in the the couple of years that I've been doing this, I've been hosting shows for like six years now, something like that. The number of terrible things that people have said to me, all I do is talk about sports. I try to be fair. I try to be level. I try to just goof around a little bit, but it's nothing crazy. You know, I'm not like, let's burn the world down, hot takes and uh, disingenuous conversation about people. Like, I try to I try to play it straight and, and crack a joke here and there. That's pretty much what I do. And the number of times that people have said just god-awful, out of nowhere, miserable things. It's You're like, a loser. Whoa. Yeah, that's that's one of the lightest things. That I've gotten. You're a loser now. Uh, uh, now, that means I was good before, so that's kind of a compliment. But, like, that's the thing. You get used to that stuff. For a guy like You're Kevin now going to be looked at as a loser. <laughs> For a guy like Kevin Love to pack it up and go home because of Jalen Rose giving a take that he had to apologize for because it was ridiculous, like, I, I don't think that's the case. Big but fat failure. For Well, speaking of which, 
Team USA is not, you know, they, they've beaten some of the bad countries lately, so that's that's good. But it Big is, fat failure. It's it's not exactly been what people are hoping for. Big so fat failure. Kevin Love, uh, yeah, certainly a part of that big fat failure because he was on the roster. So interesting. Just a just a weird story there. I want to get into the Russell Westbrook trade in a minute because I love that trade. I love that trade so much. I want to talk about that in a second. But let's go to uh, Kevin in Oregon. Hello, Kevin. Hey, how's it going? It's going good. What's up, man? All right. Well, if you got any time for more Packers, I thought I'd give you a little bit of thought. So, uh, you know, when I saw Woodson leave, I saw Kaepernick run past him. I'm like, yeah, maybe it's time. And when I saw Mike, uh, Micah Hyde lead, I'm like, ooh, that one's going to sting. When I saw Randall Cobb leave, I thought, okay, it's the money. But when I saw Jordy Nelson leave, I thought, man, he's not going to play better for anybody else. He's going to play best with the Packers, and it's all chemistry. When I heard Rodgers say what he said the other night, I thought, oh, that's going to get interpreted terribly. And he probably made some bad choice of words there. But I thought it was really specifically Nelson and more specifically about their chemistry. And that's pretty much how I took it, too, was he was saying, well, Jordan, you know, these guys play better or they play worse in other places, but they play better with me, especially in that moment. He had recently just mentioned Jordy. So, yeah, I figure that's who he was going with. And, yeah, Jordy Nelson wasn't the same guy. And, like, part of that is, okay, well, do they use him the same way? Uh, how do they play him? Does he have better help around him? Like, there's so many things that go into a player being good or as good as they were somewhere else. Like, it's it's just a big, crazy, complicated sport. So, you can simplify it. But, yeah, when you've got the fact that you know what he was in one place and he only goes to one other team and it's Oakland and they were, you know, it was Oakland at that time. Like, yeah, he's not going to play as well. Yeah, well, so I had a quick question. What do you think this is? Is this a kind of big enough thing that it changes the way, you know, the divas of sports are going to behave? This, this, is a, this is a little new to me, it seems. I don't know if you, if you think this is just normal trajectory or is this a little bit of a game changer? The way he undressed the Packers, it's just very weird. It's very odd. It's oh, it's, it's odd for sure. I mean, it's, it's one of, I, I don't know if I've quite ever seen anything like that. I've seen plenty of people go off for different reasons, but, oh, you know, and, and okay, James Harden with all the things in the organization, but that was, that was a weird, he was so disrespectful, but thinking about, cause he didn't even show up like that was a, but at the same time when he did come back, he basically said, everybody here is a loser, but me. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, if you're going to want, if you want truth yeah. and you want disrespect and you want, Hey, unprofessionalism. In front of the media, James Harden. Yeah, he was like wiping Big Macs off of his face. And he's like, yeah, let me tell you about these losers. Let me tell you about all the guys here that suck except me. <laughs> so, yeah. But, to Kevin, to answer your question, like the, the way everything is trending now, yeah, quarterbacks are making a big stink. They want more power. They're making that abundantly clear. And you're seeing it everywhere. It's Russell Wilson. It's Deshaun Watson. It's Aaron Rodgers all in this offseason. Who are the next guys? You know, who are the next guys that make power plays as they get to maybe the third contract in their career? Like, we'll see who those guys are, who's able to do it. But, yeah, this is a growing trend until something major happens that tells me things are going to change in a in a, the backwards direction to what things were. All I can believe is that it's just going to keep going this way. So I appreciate the call, Kevin. But, yeah, I, I don't see this turning around. I don't I don't see anything that changes it. Hey, but we'll also see the next quarterback who gets their feelings majorly hurt when their replacement gets drafted. Well, 
Yeah, we will see that for sure. We will see that. Uh, the Bucks drafted Kyle Trask. I mean, Tom Brady must be stomping up and down the <laughs> oh, yeah. stomping up and down the hallway. <laughs> he's petrified. The, right yeah, now. he's really upset. Yeah, I'm trying to like, I'm looking at the quarterbacks in front of me right now. I'm trying to think if there is a guy that could have had somebody that could have somebody drafted and it like actually causes a stink in the short term. I don't really see great options. I mean, Tannehill. He's got maybe two years left on his deal. Maybe next year the Titans draft somebody. Um, who else? I mean, Ben Roethlisberger's like, he's done at this point. They're riding it out for another year, but that's over, right? Are the, are the Steelers winning anything? Fitz, they won like 11 games straight last year. You know what they did? Watch the games, though. Watch Roethlisberger. Like, he doesn't have it. He's not the same guy. He's nowhere near the same guy. You don't think thinner Ben is helping them this year? No, no, no. Not with the not with four new offensive start uh, line starters. Well, no. if they're running the ball, great. Yeah, that's yeah. but that's that's not Ben. You know what I mean? That's working around Ben. No, I'm I'm was being tongue in cheek. That's what I okay. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. it's just yeah, he's he's done. So if they drafted a guy, I'd be like, yeah, it's, you're probably like a year or two too late. Because what was it? Uh, Mason was Mason Rudolph a second rounder? Was he the second or third? Yeah, I want to say he was third. Yeah, so that's that's like the closest thing you got. I mean. It, you had Wentz get drafted. They had Jalen Hurts drafted last year. That went well. Uh, so, you don't think Dwayne Haskins is coming for the job in Pittsburgh? That's right. I forgot he's in Pittsburgh. He's just been such a non-factor for a guy that was a first-round pick. What two years ago? He basically doesn't exist. Like maybe he turns it around in Pittsburgh. Why not? But all the things you hear, are like massive maturity concerns. And for him to get cut like that and everything, that's it, it's a hard thing to believe that he's just going to turn it around and not just get by, but actually be good. You know, there's just such a it's just such a gap there. So I don't know. Now, this is a shame because we're we're doing all this stuff with quarterbacks, and really, I want to get into Russell Wilson. There's just not a whole lot of time. I will say this: we'll we'll get to Russell Wilson coming up next in the next segment. Here's a little thing I I did see with the NBA that there could not be better timing for this, but. I don't know if you saw this, Graceffo. Giannis has a book that just came out. Did you see that? There's a book that just came out about Giannis. Great timing. It's it's the best timing there ever could have possibly been. There's no better timing than this. To have a book which takes so much time of planning, writing, all those different things. Somebody else probably wrote the book, but all the same. To have a book about Giannis, whether it's like he's an author of it, or it's just about him to have a book about Giannis just coming out now as he wins the finals. Giannis, like, Rumbo. Yeah. And they, they spell it like that on the cover, I think. Um, but for that to happen is just insane. I can't even imagine how much money is going to be made off of selling a book about Giannis. That's just hitting shelves. Now that is ridiculous. So anyway, eight, five, five, two, one, two, four, two, two, seven. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. I'm Vince Quinnity here on CBS Sports Radio. Russell Westbrook to the Lakers. I love it. It's next. You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio.
You're listening to the Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. All right, hour three of the show. Excuse me, hour three of the morning show kicks off here on CBS Sports Radio. Not a morning show. It's a morning show. And uh, let's talk about Russell Westbrook for a minute here because I love this trade. I love this trade. As soon as it happened, I was like, this is the best thing that could have possibly happened to the NBA. Yes, please, God, give me Russell Westbrook, L.A. Laker. It's fantastic. It's fantastic. It's fantastic because everybody hates it immediately. I mean, as soon as you see that trade, Russell Westbrook was a polarizing player for a long time. I think now he's become a generally negative player. You know, just to, just in terms of if you're talking to an NBA fan and you're saying, is Russell Westbrook a great player? Most people will say no. Puts up a lot of stats. Not a great player. So to get a guy like that, triple-double machine, he's done it four out of the last five years. He's won an MVP doing it. To get a guy like that and put him on the Lakers, with all the annoyances that people have with LeBron, with all the overtaking and taking and and just absurdity that goes into LeBron James. By the way, more on Space Jam 2 in a couple of minutes. But with all the stuff that goes on with all of that, for Russell Westbrook to join that team, magic. Absolute magic. Yes. I love it. Because part of it is, for the Lakers, it makes sense. It's a desperation play. They need a star player. Russell Westbrook, easily available, right? This wasn't, you you didn't look at that deal and go, oh my God, they gave up what for Russell Westbrook? You're like, yeah, it's it's, it's Russell Westbrook. It's Russell Westbrook. It's fine. Russell Westbrook. That's it. Well, I got to get it better. Russell Westbrook. You got to go Westbrook. Westbrook. You got to go up on it. Westbrook. So for, for a trade like that, for the Lakers, all right, you get a star player. You get, you get a big three, and you get a guy that for the regular season, for all the injury problems that Anthony Davis has, for all the injury problems that LeBron has, you get a guy that's been healthy. Russell Westbrook, over the course of his career, has been healthy. He plays a lot of games. He plays a lot of minutes. And to have a guy like that in the regular season that can eat up time, and on a Tuesday night, when you're playing a god-awful Detroit Pistons team and you just don't care, unleash Russell Westbrook. Let him go wild. Let him put up 30 points, 15 rebounds, 12 assists, and you win by four. You know, like, let him go nuts. It makes all the sense in the world for LeBron. Yeah, let it, just let him go do his thing and he'll figure it out and, like, it'll, it'll make my life easier. Plus, you're just... I mean, he's not a useless player. He's, you might not think he's great. He might not be elite, but he's talented at basketball. It's not like he's actively bad. It's just they got to have him play the right way, which is this is this is where it gets to a real selfish level here of, of why I enjoy all this trade. I have a belief that Russell Westbrook, I, I have a dream, if you will, that Russell Westbrook can become a player that grows, that matures as he gets older and becomes a better team player and becomes a quote-unquote winning player. And for him to be with the Lakers, this is the chance. 
This is the chance. Like, I want to see if he can be that guy, if he can make that switch. There was a report that he hopped on the phone. He's talking with LeBron. He's talking with AD. Did they do a conference on the cell phone? Was it a Zoom? Was it a FaceTime? I don't know, but I have questions. So they, they have the whole conversation. They're talking about sharing the ball. LeBron and AD talked about changing positions, which is interesting. Anthony Davis has not liked playing center. He's made that abundantly clear. To get Russell Westbrook on the team... He said he would play center. LeBron talked about going from small forward to power forward. So they've talked about changing positions to accommodate Russell Westbrook. And in part of that conversation, it's not like we're doing that because Russ, you're the best player on the team and everything flows through you. It's just the idea that they all need to make it work with each other and they'll make concessions. So I would assume in that moment, Russell Westbrook also goes, yes, I will change things about the way that I play. So if you get a different player, If you get a more team-oriented, not taking bad shots, bad threes, he's driving to the net more, he focuses more. He's he's a crazy good athlete. He focuses more on the defensive side of the ball. He's giving you energy night in and night out. He's still giving you the rebounding, giving you assists. If you can get that kind of Russell Westbrook, the same way with the Olympics, Carmelo Anthony on Team USA was always talked about as like this mythical creature. It was like, Finding a Zapdos in the first Pokemon. There you go. There's a reference. So it, it was just like, I can't, you, you can't believe how different Mello is, how much he blends in with the team and, and how wonderful it is, how he's a facilitator and all this stuff. He's a different guy. If you could get something like that, whatever Olympic Mello is, if you can get that out of Russell Westbrook with the Lakers, fantastic move because you get a superstar that a team was willing to give away. Essentially, you just got to make the money work. And he fits in. He's in his hometown. He's motivated because he hasn't won a title. And this is his chance to do it. Could it work? Everyone's on the outside. They're going to hate it. Oh, yeah, well, it's Russell Westbrook. Yada, yada, this guy stinks. Oh, it's LeBron James. Oh, this is is gross. But you know what? This could actually be a really good thing. This could work out really well for them. They were one of the best teams in the league without him when he's the third best player. Because here's the other thing, too, talking about Russell Westbrook. He's been on a lot of great teams. He's been with a lot of great players. And it hasn't worked out. The only time he was really in a a big three was when he was with the Thunder. And even then, James Harden was a six-man. So it wasn't quite the same. It was really the big two guys and James Harden. Him and Durant and James Harden. All the other teams, all the other guys. It's Russell Westbrook and one other guy. This is the first time he's been on a legitimate big three. And you know what? He is the clear three. He is the undisputed, no doubt about it, third best player out of those big three. How does he look? How does he play? Because when he's got this pressure to be the guy, the expectation of being the guy, he's one of the two guys, it's a little different. So I'm very curious to see what it looks like. I think it can work. Because for a guy of his athleticism, I mean, think about Vince Carter. Vince Carter played till he was what? I think it was uh, he retired at age 74. So for him to play as long as he did, he had that crazy athleticism, all the dunks. Dun- another Olympic reference, dunking over a man that was like seven foot five. You know, like that guy was one of the craziest athletes you've ever seen in your life. And because of that ability and the way that he understood the game, he was able to play forever. Could Russell Westbrook be that next guy? 
Could he age well? Can he transition? I love to see it. Like, that's the thing. I want to see it. On some level, I really want to see Russell Westbrook and the Lakers work. I want to see him find it. I want to see him figure it out. As much as for everybody, you look at this and you just go like, oh, like, like, like this is desperate. This is a joke. This isn't going to work. I hear you on all of it. I understand exactly where you're coming from. And the first second when I saw the trade, that was my initial reaction. But the more time I sat on it, the more time I thought about it, I was like, man, you know, like, this could actually really be something. We could very much see Russell Westbrook holding a trophy a year from now. That could be the case. So I dig the move. For all the fussing about it, for all the groaning about it, I really dig the move. If you want to talk about it, 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. I'm Vince Quinn with you here, and we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. Now, more important business than all of that, Space Jam 2. Space Jam 2, finally saw it. Finally saw it. I was behind the curve. Vince, what took you so long? Well, I had to, yet, I'm, let's be real, okay? <laughs> I wasn't like, what time's it dropping on stream? I need to know the second it's available. Okay, I'm going to stay up late. I'm going to pound some coffee. And I'll watch Space Jam 2. It, w- it was not that kind of drive. Plus, the way all you animals out there were decide, like, I'm just going to desperately try to crush this thing as much as I can. It's not a bad movie. It's not a bad movie. It's a spectacle. Like, Space Jam 2, if you haven't seen it, Space Jam 2 gives you everything. It gives you moments that are just absolutely cringeworthy. They give you moments that are just confusing. You know, there's a moment where like they have a uh, granny from the Looney Tunes. I think it's a matrix scene. And like they got granny like shaking around a little bit. It was like, I don't know what is going on here. Like this is, this is weird. But as much as there was strange stuff that happened and there was product placement, like crazy, there's just like, there's a lot of, there's plenty of annoying stuff. I can hear some of the criticism by the time you get through the whole movie, It's funny. LeBron has good moments as an actor. The story in terms of how it all works out at the end, what the basketball game is and why they're playing and the significance of it. Like, they did a solid job. For a family movie, I thought they did a solid job. Now, what you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. And that's fine. I'll stand by it. I'll stand by it. I have no regrets saying it. I enjoyed Space Jam 2. I enjoyed it. I, I'm i not going to say it's the greatest movie ever, but for a family movie, which is what it is, hey, are there some joke? Like, there's a moment. Don Cheadle in that movie is great, okay? There's a, there's a moment where Don Cheadle, like, in the middle of the basketball game, he changes all these. He's changing costumes and stuff. At one point, they flash to him on the sideline. He's got the red sweater on. He grabs a chair. He throws it on the court. I'm like, yes, Don Cheadle. Yes. Like, there was stuff like that that was funny. It was they had genuinely funny moments. And when you go back and also consider that, you know, Space Jam itself is not that great a movie. It's just not. Like it's okay. There's moments, but it's not that great. It's it's just not. So for what it's not like cuz there are times where you see like the greatest movie ever made, like The Matrix, talking about The Matrix a minute ago and they referenced The Matrix in the movie. So You watch the first Matrix, and you go like, this is incredible. This is one of the best pieces of cinema. This is so interesting and fun and crazy and all the bending with the time and the bullets and all all this stuff. Like, it's it's a great movie. It's a great movie. Second one is good. 
Third one was like, what just happened? You know what I mean? Like, that was a, a great movie that was stretched down into a trilogy, didn't really need to be, wasn't that good by the end, more of a cash grab than anything. Business is business. It is what it is. But it's not like Space Jam was this irrefutable Citizen Kane of sports movies. Like, it's it's the greatest piece of film that's ever been made. Michael Jordan should have gotten an Oscar. He was snubbed. You know, like, that's not what this was. It was a kid's movie. So, like, for me to finally sit down, because all these people with the negative reviews got me to this point where it was like, I just don't want to do it. I thought it was going to be awful. It, that was so out of line. Like, people sat down ready to kill that movie, and that's what they did. It, it's just, it's all about what you're trying to see when you see the movie. What mood are you in? What are you trying to do? I wanted to see if it was good or not. That's That's how I approached it. I didn't approach it as, everyone's telling me it's bad. Oh, I hope it's bad. You know the tweets that I can get off if this is bad? Oh, man, I can have the meanest tweets. I'm going to have such mean tweets. I'm going to get so many likes for my mean tweets. Oh, baby, there's nothing better. Oh, yeah. I've had the finest drinks at the fanciest bars. There's nothing better than a mean tweet. So, like, I I just didn't have that idea. That's just not how I approached it. So, if, if you're willing to just, like, be a person and acknowledge that it is a kid's movie and you do have a basketball player as the lead actor... It's not bad. It's it's really it's not bad. I would I would recommend it. Just you got to stick around for the end because the ending, the back half of the movie, is really what makes it work. So there you have it. Eight five five two one two four two two seven. We go to John in New Orleans. Hello, John. Good evening, Vince. Uh, your screener's name I couldn't recall. He did a great job though taking my call. I wanted to mention that. Well, there you go. Good work, Cefo. Unless that's sarcastic and uh, he's going to yell at you in a minute, but we'll find out. Yeah, no, he's a, he, he did well. Look, Vince, I, I love your show. First-time caller. I don't often hear you. I don't know if you're on here every weekend at night. I'm not sure. Yeah, so market, I'm here but... every weekend. I've been off the past, like, I've missed a weekend here and there recently, bachelor parties, weddings, all sorts of stuff like that. Yeah, I hear you. But look, thanks for, thanks for the review on uh, Space Jam, and uh, I appreciate your opinion, but I'll, I'll save my money and I won't go to that. Yeah, it's fine. I mean, I streamed it, so I, you know that's how I. It, it, I had this. I, mean, I had this service anyway, so it was like, yeah, it doesn't cost me nothing. And, that, and, and that's nothing against Vince. That's just me. Well, and yeah, I, I don't blame you. As you know, as a grown you know, man, it's not like you got to be dying to watch Space Jam too. You know, yeah. so many other but things look, you could do. Let, two quick things, and I'm gonna let you guys go. I, I know the docket's busy tonight. Um. Your take on Westbrook is exactly on. I, I agree totally with you on that. I think it was a, a win-win deal for the Lakers, and I think it sets up a lot of good conversation and uh, camaraderie. Um, yeah, so I'm happy about. I'm, I'm glad about that. But I have to. I have to get something off my chest, Vince. I'm not one that. I'm not going to get angry. I know this is a, a family-friendly show, mm-hmm. but the Jalen Rose. I give a stock down to Jalen Rose with the Kevin Love thing. Okay, I can't let that. I can't let that go, Vince. Yeah, uh, Jalen. Jalen Rose. Let me ask you a couple questions. I'm not trying to test you. You know sports better than I do, obviously. How many collegiate championships did Jalen Rose win? Oh well, he he didn't win, right? I mean, he was on the Fab right. Five, so yeah, zero. And, and how many NBA championships did Jalen Rose win? I would guess it's a zero. <laughs> that is correct. Yeah. How many national, excuse me, how many NBA championships did Kevin Love be a part of? Okay, well, I hear that, but I guess, John, it's just the <laughs> idea of, uh, you know, because I get yeah. where you're going with all that, that Kevin Love was a, was a better player, but 
the whole idea of whether or not the opinion is valid. I mean, yeah, it's just a, it's a bad opinion. Like he just he was playing yeah. the race card when he didn't have to, and exactly. it blew up in his and, face, and, and that's why he had to Vince, apologize. Vince, I know he apologized, but and I, you know, I know we, you know, as a, as a caring. I just have a problem with it, and I know he apologized, but but I think he should be reprimanded in some way, Vince. I know if I went in my my company and made a statement like that, I'm going to be called down to the carpet. I'm going to have to sit there and go through a grueling question and answer session, and then pray for forgiveness. So I think Jalen Rose stocked down on you if you're listening, if his fans are listening. Nothing personal, but definitely I can't let that go. Yeah, hey, and John, I appreciate it, man. I mean, yeah, like he he said it was dumb. I he apologized. I don't know what to make of it. So at, at this point, I'm past it. He's dealt with the consequences, and it is what it is. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. You can also get in on Twitter, at It's Vince Quinn, and that's all one word, at It's Vince Quinn. When we come back, God, I love the Cubs. That's next. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show on CBS Sports Radio. CBS Sports Radio. You're listening to The Vince Quinn Show, weekend overnights on CBS Sports Radio. Yes, we are on the final hour of the morning show. Vince Quinn here with you on CBS Sports Radio. And you know what? I found out about a new sport today. Have you ever heard of rugball is the question. Vince, what the hell is rugball? Well, I'll tell you, I watched a couple of minutes of it. I'm still not quite sure. I'm I'm not quite sure what it is. Let me explain as best I can what rug ball is, okay? Rug ball is a Russian version of basketball is how it was described to me. Who it, cares? Not me. Oh, no, 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 no. You are so incredibly wrong on this one. It is a spectacle, okay? So, first off, it's on a basketball court. Sure. What are the guys wearing? It's, it seems like a funny question because it's on a basketball court. Well, I'll tell you, they're not wearing a jersey and they're not wearing shorts. These guys are wearing wrestling singlets, okay? Like high school wrestling singlets and deflated balls. Well, I didn't give that kind of look, um, but they're wearing the singlets and whatever you do with your eyes is your choice. Now, as these guys are on the court and they are on a basketball court, they're, they're out there and you don't have to dribble. So that's one thing. No, no dribbling is required in rug ball. Second thing, and this was the craziest part about it. These guys are tackling each other out on a basketball court. Now, you don't even have to have the ball is what I've discovered with this magical game of rug ball. Yes, rug ball. They they just like first clip I saw of this. They have the tip off. So they play with the basketball. They tip the ball off and these guys in wrestling singlets are jumping up and tipping the ball to their team. And the one guy got the ball and somebody to his right is just standing there. He's just trailing the play. 
He's catching up. And someone from the other team, like, full speed, just wraps this guy up and chucks him to the ground. Doesn't have the ball. Not relevant to the play. Just assaulted and thrown to the ground. And when you watch highlights of rug ball, it's just these guys getting tossed around all over the place, and none of them have the ball. It is it is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. I just, I kept watching. I didn't understand the rules. There didn't seem to be any consistency. There was a moment where this one guy gets the ball. He dribbles it once or twice. He takes a sidestep. He drains a three. And that was the weirdest part of the whole clip. Because every, story. Yeah, every, everything else is so crazy that was going on in the game that watching a casual three-pointer didn't make sense in the moment on a basketball court. It just didn't make any sense. But that is rug ball for whatever rug ball is. And you know what? It kind of felt like what original basketball was. You know, when they're like, well, James Naismith and the Peach Baskets. And, you know, like when they're talking about all that stuff, because they were just, it was a gym teacher. It's like, hey, let's, uh, here's an idea for a game. And, you know, now it's a multi-billion dollar industry. So good for him. But they didn't have a lot of rules then. You know, they gotta, you got to make up the rules as you go. You got to play test things a little bit. And it got a little rough. So with all that physicality that was happening, that got worked out of the game over the years. And to see it show up again in as it's labeled as a new sport in rug ball, I was like, whoa, okay, this is completely ridiculous. But you know what? I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. There's no doubt about it. It's definitely worth your time. It is basketball and wrestling, and it makes no sense, and I love it. So the more you know. But we have fish to fry here. We got other things to talk about. And uh, we will get to a continuing story in the NFL in just a moment. But first, we are coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. Need to know what it takes for a home to fit your budget and your family? Rocket can. So, let's look at the NFL and specifically the Minnesota Vikings who, you know, don't really have any quarterbacks right now. Well, why is that, Vince? Well, I think it's pretty obvious. You're talking about a whole position group that has been removed from the field, isn't able to practice. It's COVID. So you have quarterbacks that weren't vaccinated, and now these guys got removed. Now, for the Vikings, you you look at it right now, and if you're a Vikings fan especially, you go, well, at least it's training camp, and you're going through all this stuff, and we'll see how everything goes with the antibodies. Like, I, I, And this is this is a duh thing to say. I am not a doctor. I am a guy that is a sports talk radio host, okay? This is this is my job. I've never been a medical professional. I'm, I'm not here for that. But all I'll say is my personal experience. I, I had a point where at the beginning of the pandemic, I got sick. Every symptom in the book except a fever, uh, feeling like I was 105 years old when I'd wake up in the morning, headaches, cough. Uh, and, and a different cough than what I normally have. I'm an asthmatic, so I was more susceptible to this kind of thing. I, I had pink eye. Like, every symptom you could have, I had it. And I had it for six weeks. And then, you know, a couple of months later, I got a test for the antibodies because I was just kind of dragging my feet. And I was like, yeah, I'd already gotten sick. Like, who cares? What am I, what am I rushing to check out the antibody test for? I already know. And uh, I was one of those people that, yeah, the antibodies wore off that I built in a couple of months. So, you know... It's one of those things where, I mean, maybe these guys are good for the season. 
Maybe they, they keep the antibodies and develop them. Some people do. Plenty of people do. Uh, for me, that wasn't the case. These guys could get sick again. Like, I, I just don't know. But that is the complicated thing about all of this, right? Like, when you're making these decisions as a football player with all the money that's on the line, all the stuff with your teammates that gets involved with this, that is a real pressure. Ryan Tannehill talked about this just a couple of days ago. And for him, he was basically like, well, I'm going to level with you here. I wasn't looking to get vaccinated. Wasn't wasn't in my plan. Wasn't going to do it. And then I considered every rule that the NFL is putting in place. It's a lot of rules. They want to change how you practice, the, the amount of time that you spend with your teammates, the way you spend your time. Are you going in a different cafeteria to eat than everybody else? Do you get to work out with everybody else? It's very different. The league is pushing people to get vaccinated. They're doing that basically in every way they can. They had one super small development the other way, which is now unvaccinated players, I believe, can practice without a mask. Like, that's it. But otherwise, everything overwhelmingly talking about wristbands to identify players that are vaccinated and not vaccinated. There's a lot of work that they're putting in to do that. So Tannehill goes, you know what? I'm just going to get vaccinated. Just makes my life easier. Makes my life easier. It's good for the team. I want to be around my teammates. I'm a quarterback, all that kind of stuff. And is there more pressure for a guy in that position? Is the question, how much does it matter to you? You know, like if you're a fan of whatever NFL team, you probably know at this point whether or not your quarterback is vaccinated or not. Right? Like, odds are you do. I'm a Philly guy. Jalen Hurts, quarterback of the Philadelphia Eagles. He's vaccinated. Like, it came out in a press conference a couple days ago. He, was, he had no problem saying it. He's like, yeah, I got vaccinated. It is what it is. You know what? I feel better. <laughs> Makes me feel better about the team. Starting quarterback isn't going to miss games because of that. And it could be multiple games. You just never know. I mean, you could be sick for 10 days. You could be sick for multiple weeks. It's a, Again, there's just so much that goes into it. Even if it's just a seven-day span, eight-day span, that's two games. Sometimes you get, all right, two games, and then you have a short turnaround and a Thursday night. That's what, 11 days? You could have your quarterback miss three games. That's devastating. Even with 17 games now in a regular season, that's a devastating loss. Like, I feel better about my team's chances to win because the quarterback got vaccinated. It's just it's just how I feel. And does it change anything for you, like how you feel about your team as you're getting this information? Because players are being asked about it all the time. And what you're hearing, and this is another thing too. And if you want to get in, 855-212-4227. But the other thing is, too, you're hearing it from quarterbacks a lot. You're hearing it from players in general. Um, it's a personal decision. And they they say that all the time. Now, I've just assumed, and I might be wrong on this. That this is just the way I've been taking it. It's almost like whenever I hear someone say, oh, it's a personal decision, they're basically just saying, I'm not vaccinated. That's how I've taken it. That's what it seems like to me. Overwhelming evidence being I'm not vaccinated. I don't want to say that. I'm not going to say that. So I'm going to tell you personal decision. Fine. That's that's how they want to message it. Fine. But it gets to a point where when that becomes the common way of dodging whether or not you're vaccinated, then you're telling people you're not vaccinated. 
You know what I mean? Like it's it's almost like you got to find some other phrasing. You got to come up with something unique in the moment, some way to tiptoe around the question, something else to say if you want to keep that information private. But also, they're not going to be able to keep it private for all that much longer anyway. Like you could say personal decision all you want for any player in the NFL. They can all come out and say personal decision, personal decision, personal decision. Which again, fine, whatever. I'm not here to, to get in all those arguments about all the political stuff and whatever around it. For here, in this space, I don't care. It's not part of the conversation. But as much as you want to say that, the fact of the matter is that, yeah, you're, you're going to get labeled as to whether or not you're vaccinated. Because gambling, that's why. So when gambling is that big a part of the picture and people are going to know anyway, you might as well just level with people on where you're at. Like, you might as well just say what the decision is and talk about that decision and why. That's a, it's just, it's going to be easier for you because we're all going to know. Like, the number of times where, oh, well, what, what happened to this guy? He's on the injury report. What happened? Oh, well, he's on the health and safety protocols list. Okay, well, he didn't tear his ACL. You know what I mean? Like, it was before, it was like, well, we want to keep this discreet. We don't want to release the information of who's sick and who's not. This is all before the vaccine. This is last season. This is with all the other leagues. It's just like, we don't want to release who's sick and who's not. All right, well, if the guy's on the health and safety protocols list and you don't see him for 10 days, I have a pretty good idea of what happened to that guy. You know, it's not, you're not surprising anybody. There's no mystery to the equation here. So the whole thing is silly in and of itself. Like, the personal decision thing it just doesn't it's not going to hold up so you got to figure out what you're going to do with that but yeah for the Vikings I mean they're looking around right now they don't have a quarterback like they just they're the three main guys are not available and so there is an added pressure for a quarterback to get vaccinated there just is they're too valuable to the team right like it, it, I mean, and let, let me put it in a simple way because it might it might bother you to hear hear me say that, right? Right, and I get that fine. But let me ask you this: You're the head coach of a football team. You're the general manager of a football team. You're the owner of a football team. If you can make sure that one player is vaccinated, who is it? Well, duh, it's the quarterback, right? Like that's that is the one position you want vaccinated. If it's going to be anybody. You can understand. You can get by without a left tackle for a game. As much as it sucks, if, if, if he's the guy that goes, yeah, well, I'm not vaccinated, okay. You can, you, you'll figure it out. A corner, a linebacker, a running back, wide receiver, whatever it is, and, and big star players. You don't want to lose them. You don't want to lose them. It's going to happen because we know what the percentages are with the league and all these different teams. You know what it is. But if you're going to pick one guy that isn't vaccinated or, or that would get vaccinated, you could guarantee it. You'd want it to be the quarterback. So you do have to have these conversations. You do have to find out what it is because it matters for the success of the team. It matters of their odds of making the playoffs, right? The division rankings, all that kind of stuff. If a guy does get pulled, what weeks does that happen? Is it a divisional game? Is it one of the bigger games? How does the NFL feel when it's a Monday night? Like that's why they're pressuring all this stuff because the NFL doesn't want to have a Wednesday night game anymore, you know? They're, they're like, yeah, well, if it gets to this point, we're just going to fine you and you're going to lose the game. And it is what it is, which they have the right to do. It's their league. They make the rules. So there's all these pressures. You want your quarterbacks available. And to see that happen with the Vikings, and then you see Ryan Tannehill go, you know, it's really, I, I didn't really exactly want to do this, but 
I was kind of on the fence and the NFL's pushing me to do it. I got the shot. Like, I wonder, and I guess this is this is part of it as well. Because for as much as there's quarterbacks that aren't vaccinated right now, there is going to be a lot more pressure to get vaccinated because it will be unignorable, like red or blue, to put it in some phrase, ignoring politics, let's say green and purple. Okay, let's let's throw it out the window. Um, we're going to know whether you're vaccinated or not. The fans are going to know. Every commentator is going to know. Every journalist, blogger, podcaster, they're all going to know. And so if you're going to do it, you might as well do it now. That's that's the other thing. If you're the if you're a quarterback and you're dead set and you're saying I'm not doing it, I refuse to do it. I've got 15 million reasons why. Okay, you're you're not going to do it, and that's that's fine. If you're on the fence, you might as well do it now. Shot one, then you get a couple of weeks. Shot two, you get a couple of weeks. Start of the regular season, you can go on your life. I mean, you're, you're getting to the point now because th- think about this on the simplest level. When I when I got the shot, so there you go. That's that's my information. That was my choice. That's what I did. I got the shot. When I did it, you know what happened? My arm felt like crap for a week. Sleeping on it sucked. Lifting it up high, it sucked. If you're a quarterback and you can have soreness in your arm, do it now, man. Do it now. Because if it's now or the regular season, you're making a mistake. And I feel like as this pressure increases, as it becomes public knowledge in an unignorable way, more quarterbacks are going to feel compelled to get the shot. So how does it change? How many people that right now are saying personal decision, how many of them go, yes, I've got the shot? How much does that change in the next couple of weeks? Because I guarantee you the numbers are going to shift. Guarantee you. So 855-212-4227. That's how you join the show. 855-212-4227. And uh, let's take a call. Let's go to Tom in Ohio. Hello, Tom. Hey, how you doing over there? I'm doing good. What's up? Not too much. I'm on my way to the Pittsburgh airport right now, and I started losing the station a little bit. But um, I heard that conversation that you had uh, with uh, your buddy from Australia. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, I just got done with a golf trip, and I had a bunch of these uh, younger guys, these nerds that were having a conversation <laughs> with me after a few <laughs> drinks. And uh, I, I invest in the stock market a little bit and then the uh, cryptocurrency boom. And um, I made a ton of money off of uh, Dogecoin when it was real small. Good for you. So now I got, yeah, all these like, all these kids, they all know this, and they're talking to me about all this. Um, and I'm not even sure if I'm even, uh, the initials like ETF or whatever. NFT. But NFT, that's it. And uh, and I had a few in me, but I'm trying to follow along. And they're rattling off all of this stuff that's going on with sports and NFTs and uh, uh, digital, instead of digital cards, you're actually trading uh digital clips from the NBA, which is a big thing right now. Yep. And and I'm just, like, trying to wrap my head around it, but, and then I kind of forgot. And then I'm listening to the conversation with that guy, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, this is what they're talking about. And uh, and it must be a lot bigger than what I think it is because, uh, uh, like, the whole horse racing thing, I thought that was so interesting. Right? But, it's uh, it's a you, digital horse racing league. Like, you can be an owner of an actual racehorse right now. It's expensive as hell because they go up to, like, 45000 is what he said. But right, you can right. own an actual racehorse and race it against actual other, well, digital horses. But for money, like, it's crazy. That is insane. And to be able to get on a ground floor and something like that, I mean, like, if that's, 
big, maybe somewhere else, but not around here, obviously. But uh, you could be the next Bob Baffert of uh, of uh, digital horse racing, you know. <laughs> well, unfortunately, you can't have any scandals for uh, questionable substances <laughs> with your digital horses, so you can't be Bob Baffert, but you could be plenty of other people. Right, right. But, yeah, I just said uh, now, now that I'm hearing that, that conversation is as a guy, now I have to look into this because this just sounds, uh, I mean, and that's probably, I mean, who knows what else they're, you know, that goes on with their, what they're going to be doing. It can only get bigger, but, uh, um, but yeah, so I just, I really enjoyed that conversation. You have the guy and, um, uh, and I think, I mean, obviously everybody, there's the opportunities to get in the ground floor with investing and, uh, you don't want to be the guy that missed out on, uh, on, um, Bitcoin, you know, and, and all kinds of other stuff. So, uh, I just thought that was really cool. The nice conversation you had there. Yeah. And, uh, I'm going to leave you one one little tip, though. Okay. Uh, if you get a chance, uh, get yourself into some AMC stock. You're going to be a millionaire. AMC, Thanks, there you go. All right. Well, there, there it is from Tom. <laughs> Thanks, Tom. So if you want to join the show, more stock advice for the next 40 minutes. All right, 855-212-4227. Let's go, baby. Bye, 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 bye. It's all happening right here. Okay, maybe it's not. Um, here's what I want to do next. I want to take you through the most insane day that a baseball player could possibly have. We will do that on the other side. Keep it right here.